Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is episode 57 of the Corsair Crossover with your boy, Chris Partee. As always, you find us at FullPressCoverage.com, on the Full Press Coverage app, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Catch me on Twitter and Instagram, at Chris Partee. Now we got a first-time guest on the show, friend of mine from out in Portland, my man Spencer. Spence, what's going on, brother? Welcome in. He's a he's a hoop aficionado. You know, my man. He <laughs> more was like it. But addict, you know, addict, aficionado, fiend, all of the above, right? <laughs> yeah, man. No, thanks for having me on the podcast, bro. Uh, you know, I do Wake Up and Win with Devon, who's been exactly. on the show. This is my first time out. I appreciate you. I just want to say to your viewers, man, people don't know a little inside baseball, but <laughs> you really pulled up in Portland to like the house, like on the street and kicked it tough. And everyone was like, who's your friend, Chris? I'm like, yeah, man, he's. He's a real one, man. And so it was hey. it was a good time. We watched a bunch of basketball. You know how we do the site. So I'm exactly. glad to see you in my Exactly. And you know, I mean, you know, the next time I'm out there, which will probably be, you know, maybe later this year, early next year, I'm gonna do the same thing again. It oh, may yeah, not be good. you know, if it's basketball season or not, y'all out there, I'm pulling up. That's how we do it. We'll get some shots up or something if it's not basketball season. We'll really go. We definitely gonna do something, and you know. I had Devon on not too long after I was out there, right? And so I had to let the listeners and the viewers know about all the trash he was talking to me when I was there, when I pulled up. Man, it is insane. <laughs> about my heat. With that. 
It's incessant with that cat, bro. <laughs> it's never ending. I just let him go. I you think if you if you let him go, you're like surely he'll gas himself out at some point, and it's just no. unrelenting. So no. you know, I, I just stick and move with that cat. I just stick and move, and I keep throwing him back at him. I can no. I can go all day too. No, I mean, but hey. That's how you got to do, you you know, but like you said, he can go, he like, when you say he can go all day, he can literally go all day talking trash. Like, yeah, he no. don't, dude has no chill. Well, <laughs> I, you know, and I, and I really no appreciate it, I appreciate it because. Oh, of course. Sports take thing has become like a, like a contact sport, like a competitive sport now. Oh, man. So serious. You know, it's serious. I mean, we're doing this now. We're like. I feel like a fighter. Like I'm waiting for the bell. Like, let me get my takes off. Let's go. You know All right. Speaking of which, let's jump right into it. And again, shout out to Devon Pouncey, our boy out there in Portland as well. Wake up and win podcast. Go check them out every week. All right, let's get into it. I want to touch on first off. We was talking a little bit earlier. What's up with your boy Dejounte Murray? He got to Atlanta, and he seemingly is just like it's a whole nother guy now. You know what I mean? They had the pro am game over the weekend. He yeah. he bossed up on um uh, Paolo Banquero. I mean, not just Paolo. Uh huh. Not just Paolo. Yeah, it wasn't just him. It was some like, some it was some other cats too. Yeah. But it seems more personal because I know you I know you saw what's going on on Twitter and Instagram with them. Okay. What did you think? Like, did this surprise you coming from Dejounte Murray? Did you know he had this in him? This kind of like streak, this mean streak and edge to him. No, no, I think like, you know, most basketball fans that watch, they don't, they wouldn't know. I mean, you, you might be able to credit that to the fact that he was in San Antonio for his formative years where you yeah. know that their program is a little more, you know, regimented, I guess, if you will. But um, maybe it's just that hot, humid air down there in Atlanta. They got him <laughs> acting mani. I, I, <laughs> you know, the thing I thought was hilarious was that he goes and he, and he puts that tweet out and he's like, man, you know, NBA players, you should really get out to these pro-ams. So, you you know, and he tries to do the whole Sammy Sosa for the kids thing. And I'm like, yeah, but then you can't go and then drop 40 on dudes off the heezy and guys got to go work at FedEx tomorrow morning. Like, I don't know what he was on, Chris. I really don't. But <laughs> I read your article today in Deadspin about uh, the Paolo. Uh, I, I guess it's a beef now, right? It's a legitimate beef. Apparently, well, at least for Dejounte, it is. Paolo seemed like he kind of like, yeah, whatever. But Murray is like, man, you know, you kind of like Murray kind of took it personal, basically, or made it personal. Yeah, and he was like, he was like, yeah, you need to humble yourself. It's like, dude, the guy's been in the NBA for like two and a half minutes, man. He hasn't played a game yet. I give him a break, bro. <laughs> like, and, and it could be personal. I, I, I don't know. I I don't know those guys, but. You know, maybe uh, you know, Dejounte caught Paolo bumping his girl at the Dick's driving one night, and he will have it. I don't know these things, my friend. I don't know. <laughs> Did you know that they were both from the Seattle area? No, no, I didn't know that Dejounte Murray was from Seattle. They're both from Seattle, from the Seattle area, right? So, but they're about five years apart in age. So, you know, like I said in the article, it's not like they played against each other in high school. You know what I mean? Like they're just far enough apart to have mostly missed each other on the way up. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying they didn't know each other because apparently they have some type, or at least had some type of relationship or familiarity, but it's just crazy. Like, and even Ben Carroll kind of seemed like, bro, where's this coming from? Like, it was just like out of nowhere almost. Like, it's kind of, I was like, wow. 
I didn't, I didn't expect all that. Uh, you know, and that, that he, Pal, Pal was a big kid. So, I mean, yes. if he was re, if he was rebounding for DeJounte, I would imagine that it didn't take no time at all for that to be an okay matchup, especially if they were around each other, who been even that five years apart. Yeah. You know, you know, I don't know what they do. These kids are big these days and they're yeah. skilled. So, you know, there could be, <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past any, you know, NBA veteran or I guess, or, or journeyman, I guess, if you will. We had this discussion on the pod the other day. When does the cutoff from veteran to rookie hmm. to journeyman? But that's for another pod. But, yeah. you know, I just feel like maybe he just was trying to get a welcome to the NBA moment under Paolo's belt. And, you know, obviously just trying to it, – it's a competitive game. And I think that, you know, just Paolo not really responding back, he's kind of seemed to have just sort of let it lie. Maybe they're just looking to, uh, you know, settle whatever score they've they've drawn up on the on the court together uh, in division play this coming NBA season. Yeah, and and I'm glad you mentioned division play because Hawks Magic, that's the Southeast, I believe, uh, Southeast division. They're going to play four times this year in the regular season, so they are going to see a lot of now. You know, one is a power forward, one is a guard. So they're not going to be matched up all the time, but they're going to see a lot of each other. So I'm interested to see how chippy it might get in the regular season. And now tell me this before we move on from this um, topic, the fact now you just mentioned how Paulo just kind of let it go, you know, didn't really react, especially on the court. Do you think that looks bad on him and, and guys are, cause he's already a target as the number one uh, pick. So do you think that looks bad on him that nah, he didn't react? It, no, man, because Dijon, those that's the, the one thing about the, the younger generation of especially NBA player that I've noticed is that they're so social media savvy and they understand the optics of everything that they say and how that's going to read going forward better than anybody. I mean, if you followed it on Twitter, like I get a lot of my NBA information just off of secondhand whoever's making the funniest jokes about whatever somebody said. <laughs> so... It's like DeJounte Murray may have some sort of legitimate gripe with Paolo, but that doesn't stop the fact that he said a lot, Paolo said a little, and Man. don't look now, but they're kind of flaming him and, and, and thinking, you know, what's going on with DeJounte right now? He kind of looks like a goofy, and I, I don't blame people for seeing it that way. I, I, and I don't think it looks bad on Paolo's part to just wait and not say anything. Like the less you say, the better, especially in the social media game, because of how impactful everything that you say online is going to be and it's going to get amplified. And so you're just opening yourself up for more of a critique if you just keep letting emotions do the writing for you. That's definitely facts. But, you know, you know how social media is. You on, you on Instagram, you on uh, Twitter, you know how it is. It's basically like the Wild West, right? Cash just be popping off, it, 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 especially on Twitter, like. The joke, some of the things I see posted and then you go down the whole thread of the comments, like they say, comments be lit, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, no, I mean, the, I, of course, it's like the Wild West because you can't punch anybody in the face on Twitter. So <laughs> it's easy to talk that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, all right. I personally like I tell people all the time. I'm like, listen, come at me on Twitter all you want. I'm fine with it. I won't even check my I won't even check my mentions, dog. But if I see it in person, 
and you got something to say, we'll we'll discuss it like gentlemen do outside. I'm not worried about that Twitter. And I maybe Paolo ain't either. Maybe Paolo ain't either. The kid's gonna be nice. I got him as my rookie of the year. I projected him rookie of the year. I, I really think he's gonna go. He's gonna get the minutes and he's gonna be really effective for that magic unit, what they got going on down there, which I think is something nice. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I think that Atlanta and 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 Orlando Obviously, with this added little spice, that's going to be some good <laughs> basketball to watch, which is something that you wouldn't have been able to say for the past 15 years. Yeah, that's something for me. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the magic as far as their team goes. The only the, they have a nice they got some nice young pieces. Right. But I think they got too many guards. They got like five guards right now. They're really stacked at the guard position. I mean, they need to do something and get somebody get some w- other wing players in there. If they, you know, if they, if they're thinking about actually going further than just getting a top ten pick every year, you know what I mean? It just feels like they're heavy at the guard position to me. Yeah, I mean that may be so, but I, I just think first off there is a shortage of wings in the NBA. Number one, you think so? A quality, of course. Okay, so well, okay, all right, all right, okay. So what are we? What are we? I guess what are we considering quality now? Everybody can't be LeBron James or exactly. Kevin Durant. So <laughs> or Kevin Durant. Now see or 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 Kawhi Leonard or like we, what? What are we saying is like quality here, dude? I that that's honestly, bro. That's the question that I think people are. Try, everyone's trying to answer right now because look at the value that Kevin Durant thought he was going to be able to demand. Look, look, look at the way the NBA front offices are, you know, not really jumping and licking their chops to go get a Kevin Durant, multiple time champion, multiple time scoring champion, regarded as maybe the t- top two or three best players on the planet that play the game. And he can't get a trade off. That's the question is where where are the value? What is the valuable wing look like? Where are they and how much are they worth? I think is the most important thing. So I told you I had something a little special special for you that I've been kind of like percolating over on Kevin Durant and his okay. trade value. I'm not gonna go there yet. We're gonna hold. We, I'm gonna get there, but we're gonna go there in a minute. But I know I see what you're saying about the uh, the quality because yeah, you would have thought okay, Kevin Durant probably would have been traded already, right? Like once he's made the demand, you think okay, maybe two weeks and he's out of there. That hasn't happened. I think there's something else going on there, honestly, but I'm going to get there in a minute. But, uh, okay, so let's say – let's take Jalen Brown. Quality quality wing, I would say, right? Yeah, I would say. Definitely, uh, like – like he's he, he, top 10 in his position. That's, yeah. now, that's conservative, he, but that's right. He's not an average. He's well above average at his position, I would First, say. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just trying to – I'm just trying to think of players and kind of think of, you know, like where is kind of – you know, because there's been talks about a trade for of him for Kevin Durant, you know, to Boston. Of course, other players going with Jalen would go with Jalen over to Brooklyn. But that obviously hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I mean, length and strength translating to like defensive impact, I think, is the most important aspect for or value of any sort of three position in the NBA today outside of like obvious superstar talent. And I mean to say that, that like, you know, the guys that were like, that are coming up or that came up in league, like the pantheon of greats in today's league, 
that are at that position, the Kawhis, the Paul Georges, those types of guys, they're lauded as being like, well, these are like tried and true two-way three and D guys, right? Yeah. Yep. Now, the difference between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to say like a Trevor Ariza or something yeah. is incredibly vast. But Trevor Ariza got paid and got put on teams and traded all the time. Well, the tra- it, it, what I see today is I don't see a lot of Trevor Ariza's. And maybe maybe they're, they're in the league now, but it's there's just a gap. There's so many young guys that haven't developed to that level yet. Like Jalen Brown's only, what, 24 years old? Jason Tatum's, what, 24, 25 years old? Like yeah. those guys aren't even in their prime yet. So, I, I mean – and so, and so that's why I think, you know, it's easy for a bunch of dudes because I'll be honest, like to, to, to go back to your magic question, I, I don't know. I, I can't sit here and give you a rundown of everybody, you know, one to 15 on that team and what yeah. their skill sets are. It's just too many dudes that probably won't be in the league in two years. I ain't going to remember all their names. I'm just, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not mad at you. I understand what you mean. <laughs> but no, but it's like, but I think we're just, we're in an interesting time. And I'm just chomping at that KD tag. Anyway, go ahead. I'll say, I'm like, I'm like a dog in a cage. Let me be ready. Yeah. All right. Let's get, but no, I, I see what you're saying. Real you know, quick, before, before we move on, give me your top three wing players in the NBA right now. I mean, I think I would say Kawhi Leonard. I when, say, when healthy, when healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Be, I would say Kevin, I would say Kevin Durant. Yeah. And uh, it's tough because I like I like Paul George. I think Paul George is just I love his game. I like Jason Tatum. I love his game. I think for like 89 to 90 games of the season, it's one of those two guys. But there's a difference, bro. So, so I just don't know where to rank these guys right now. There's too much of a disparity in the middle that I see because some guys just can't get it done. Paul George is a guy that's routinely not been able to get it done. Now Kevin Durant is <laughs> no, but for real though, and I'm mean, I like, got you. and I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like because because you know I'm a Portland fan, and I've always been like, well, all we need is to get one of these type of guys to play alongside Damian Lillard, and it's up. Yeah, but I, right right now today, I don't know what that guy looks like. I don't know how much that guy's worth, and frankly, I don't know if that's the only piece that's needed to put you over the top in this game today because every guy is long. The, the league has gone so positionless that it's just like, you know. No, I, I definitely feel you there. And um, so I know you're just waiting, chomping at the bit to get to the Kevin um, Durant Durant tape. Yeah. But I noticed you didn't mention LeBron there. So we're not considering LeBron a wing anymore, not a small forward anymore, more of a point guard now. I guess James Harden too, but it's like, yeah, you can't really. It's it's hard to put those guys there, you know. It's very positionless. I I got you. I mean, and, yeah, and that's again, like I think the definition of of what that position or what the value of that position is is changing, like before our eyes. Like this is a pivotal moment in time. Yeah. For what the league is going to value those guys that are going for. No, I hear you there. All right, Kevin Durant made the trade request. It's been what a month and a half now since that happened. He he's still in Brooklyn. All the reports that we were hearing or that we've been hearing is the Nets are basically asking for too much. Teams aren't biting. They're like, no, we're not going to give up all that. All these young players, all the all these other draft pick a- assets, all these things for Kevin Durant. And if it doesn't work out in a year or two, he may want to leave again anyway. 
Because he's kind of getting that reputation now of when, when it gets tough, he's out of there, right? Yeah. So here's my thing that I've been thinking about. I personally, and I know other people feel this way too. Some do, some don't. I think this is a, is it Joe Sy, the, the owner uh, of the Nets. I think he's trying to power get the power back. You know what I mean? Because they gave over so much to Kyrie and KD, right? They gave up so much. They basically gave them the franchise. Yeah. Three years now, KD played in two of those seasons. It hasn't worked yet. Are the owners banding together and just saying, we're not going to trade for Kevin Durant because we need to stop this? And now, I've talked about this already as far as players requesting trades with two, three, and now four years left on contracts. When the next CBA is up, I'm Spencer, I'm telling you, they are going to lock these players out. Okay. It's going to stop. So they better enjoy. I've been saying this for months now, really about a year. They're going to lock them out for sure. Yeah. And I've been saying this for a while now. Once the Kevin Durant trade request, I'm like, okay, yeah, the owners are not going to be happy about this. They're going to be pissed, actually. They're going to put a stop to this. Do you think there's any. I call it a little bit of a conspiracy theory. I think it's truth, though. What do you think of what I've laid out for you? I love that take, first off. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, because Adam Silver's already made mention of how he thinks that it's bogus, that guys are requesting trades, and that they, quote, unquote, want to take – you know how they say, I want to take a look at this and try to figure out how to mitigate these issues, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it really, dude, like, they are going to lock them out because – and, and 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 follow me follow my logic here for a second because like LeBron James's decision is what kicked off all of this stuff and i mean in, in it, when we look in the annals of nba history the decision is the start of where the players took a lot of power from the nba and from ownership in terms of having control over their own destiny if you will and lebron did a lot of moves over those years where he was totally just lambasted by the media, fans are burning jerseys, every movie made, scrutinized, still the most scrutinized NBA player of all time, not close. You know what the difference between LeBron James and all of these other guys who followed suit is? He wins. And <laughs> even if he doesn't win, look, and even if he doesn't win to the level that we all expect him to, totally grandiosely, by the way. He's a walking billion-dollar machine. When he comes to your city, Thanks. you make money. And you know how he does that, Chris? Because he plays the game, wins at the game. I'm talking like the media game and the promo game and all the the the, 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 the X's and O's of the business side. He plays and wins those games. He shows up and he plays games. And so he's a value to NBA teams. Kevin Durant not getting bounced out of the swept out of the first round <laughs> sending all of sending a, 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 a at the time a future NBA all-star Jared Allen packing to Cleveland think about all the moves that he's made that have ostensibly destroyed this Nets franchise before it ever really got off the ground all to rock with Kyrie who by the oh, way is God. on that same tip and it's like hey homeboy like and I, I agree with your health and everything, and that's cool, but it's like you would just get people on your side if you guys play games and won. You just win. If you win, it solves all the problems. But over here requesting trades, as far as the Kevin Durant thing, dude, and I've been thinking about this for a minute, I'm like, 
you know, he better hope that he gets to a place where he's going to win championships. And I can almost guarantee that's what he's thinking. He has this air online and his like his persona is like, I don't care. I'm just going to do my thing. I've always been about hoop and I'm still a multimillionaire. So, you know, whatever. And I'm like, bro, I totally get that. But you can't escape the fact that you're going to be the first guy who, even if you went and won another rattled off another three rings, it's not going to absolve you of the tarnishment of your legacy. Ultimately. That's what I see in Kevin Durant's basketball future. Like all of his, his, his accolades and his greatness over his career thus far is being overshadowed by the fact that he's kind of like a diva about the way that he approaches the game of basketball from a cerebral standpoint. That's what I see. And I just think that he, he sees the writing on the wall. I mean, he's the one that smeared the blood on it, if we're being honest. So, he, But now he's yeah. reading the writing on the wall going, it's not here in Brooklyn. And I got to go and I need to get rings fast because – his value ain't there, bro. I mean, he can score and stuff, but when Jason Tatum's burning you and he's only 20-something and you, you're losing a step and, like, defensively, can we count on you 35, 36, 37 years old? I'm like, I just don't know if the value is there for you overall, and that's why he's getting stalled up on these trade, you know, on this trade. I'll tell you one thing about Kevin Durant, though. <laughs> is he's, he, he's strategic. His, his drops for news – are as strategic as Beyonce and her team because as soon as it gets quiet, he knows the exact moment to strike, bro. It's pretty impressive. The guy's Twitter game is undefeated. I'll give him that. <laughs> he, knows, he knows that game. His Twitter fingers is what what what, what the kids say say on. Are the kids still saying on fleek? I, <laughs> are I, still, hope, I hope they are. Are they still saying that? I don't know. I'm getting old out here, but um, no. I, 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 well, that was long winded, but it's just like no, it's that's just, fine. Like this is a real and like like crucial part of it because I think that Kevin Durant's going to be on Brooklyn for a long time, like for a lot, a large portion of his contract compared to what he has left on. Yeah. That's what I think. I think he's not going anywhere. And yeah. Joe Sy is going to put the screws on him. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if ownership is secretly going, yeah, on this next CBA, we're going to, we're going to jam these fools up again. Oh yeah, that I can I can tell you that that's a conversation that's happening between owners. It, it, trust me, it, it's it's happening. And with um, you know, I couldn't really disagree with anything you said there. One thing I'll add to the LeBron James portion is, well, I guess you could say, yeah, he started this whole the player power player empowerment movement. Well, not started, but like he he like crystallized, he synthesized it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, but he, he, I mean, but if not, if he didn't start it, who did? I mean, as far as players realizing their worth and putting it together to try to be better for themselves. I mean, before 2010, you know, the, the, the Boston big three, that was, you know, the, the, the team GM put that together. Uh, Danny Ainge put that together in Boston. It wasn't the players that did it. LeBron is probably the, that I can think of the first one that started getting together with these other guys and say, all right, let's go play here. Let's go play here. Now. Yeah. It was as far as in their primes. Yeah. Back in the day, Barkley, Pippen, um, they went to, you know, play with Hakeem Olajuwon. But they were all past their primes. We're talking about guys in fully in their primes right. that can go out and win a championship, right? That's what we're talking about here. So, you know, I would probably say, you know, LeBron, you know, if he wasn't the one, he was one of the ones that got that ball rolling like, rolling like you just said. But LeBron, when he leaves, he's always able to leave. He's usually a free agent. He's not holding a team up with four years left yeah. saying, I want to trade. 
Okay, because yeah, smart. That's the difference. That's, yeah, the difference. that's another difference. He structures his contracts with foresight. He's going, well, I'm going to go one, and then on the next year, I have the option. And it's yes. like, I'm not going to sign four with some, you know, you know what I mean? Team hasn't made the play. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Kevin Durant is just not playing the game well. And I mean that on a lot of different levels. The only game that he's really playing well right now is the Twitter game. <laughs> I'm serious. Dude, I'm serious, bro. Like, no, you're right. I'm serious. Right. I mean, you know, you should have at least won one game against them dudes in Boston. But yeah, you that, did. that would have saved you at least a little bit of scrutiny, man. But you didn't. And now we're here. And no one wants you, dude, because at the because of course Brooklyn's going to ask a lot. Look what they just got Rudy Gobert for. Oh, you God. Yeah. Rudy, Rudy. Oh, my God. I mean, and and to be honest, that probably messed up the market for a lot of people because – they're the Jazz are also or they're the Jazz are also trying to trade um Donovan Mitchell and he's still in Utah. Yeah. So, you know, Minnesota jumping off the bridge like that, five draft picks and like four players, that's crazy. Crazy. For for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I get it. He's a three-time defensive player of the year, yet you can't play him late in games in the postseason because he can't guard the perimeter. He right. gets toasted on mm-hmm. the perimeter. Like yeah. barbecue chicken all day. And I mean, and then it's like, what what are you gonna do? You're gonna put him with cat out there and have cat shoot three and like I I mean Anthony Edwards is their saving grace. I think that guy is I love that kid. I love <laughs> I love I love everything about that guy. I think he's amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if he won MVP in the next two or three years. Like he is just amazing. But uh yeah, Rudy Gobert, that that whole thing messed the game up. But Minnesota is a desperate franchise, bro. And yeah. desperate times call for desperate measures. Desperate measures. So, yeah, you definitely right about that. Oh, my yeah. Lord. I mean, and look, dude, and look, Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert is solid. You know, I'll quote, I'll quote Jalen Rose, who says, you know, you don't get what you want in this life, only what you have the leverage to negotiate. And yeah. Kevin Durant doesn't have a lot of leverage right now, especially when it comes to, like, what are you going to give me on the floor on bas- playing basketball? And so – I just think I think that he's going to be in Brooklyn for at least the next maybe two seasons. I mean, unless some anything can happen, anything That's can true. happen, yeah. any anything can happen. But you know what happened today is Giannis dropped fifty something in uh, friendly against Spain, so he's not going anywhere. Those dudes, Joel Embiid, got all of his crying out seasons ago, and I know he doesn't want to lose much anymore, so he's a problem. Well. Boston, Still top to bottom, one of the best teams going in the league. Miami are still a bunch of goons down there on South Beach. Yeah. Yes, doesn't, they are. Doesn't get much sweeter going. Going. I mean, even Cleveland. You know what? What Atlanta's trying to do? It's like, man, you guys don't have a, a really good chance here, at Brooklyn. No. Like you guys don't have a good squad. It's it's the 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 conflict between. The ownership or the front office really as a whole and, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie and that team, it's like that's such a wide gap. I just don't see it being very reparable, at least to make wins happen. And so I'm just like, damn, Brooklyn is in a real shambles. They're the most dysfunctional team in New York right now. What do you think about that? Isn't that nuts? And that's a damn shame that I mean, if we're talking even if we're talking just basketball, to be more of a shit show than the Knicks, that's tough. I mean, though, also, 
uh, a, a pro-am game with Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and Obi Toppin just lost by 13 today. <laughs> I heard they was playing. I didn't. I didn't hear the outcome, but I heard that yeah, they was playing. Yeah. yeah, they lost. So yeah, you know, maybe I was a little premature. But still, both of those teams. I feel what's going on in New York, man. The Mecca of basketball yeah. needs help, bro. They need help. It might be something in the water. All right, Spence. I'm gonna get you out of here on these last two, just real quick. Your best offseason move, worst offseason move, and I guess third one, most unexpected offseason move. Oh man. Um. Best off-season move. I Lonnie Walker the fourth to L.A. He's the best. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just no, I'm just playing. I'm playing. Uh, no, honestly, dude, straight up, dude. I know this is homerism just because I want to get it out there, but that Jabari Walker, man, picking that dude up way late in the draft, I think he's going to be special. Okay. I like him. I think he's he, he reminds me of like a, just in terms of impact and how deep he got picked up. Yeah. He has like potential to be like a Draymond Green level mm. ceiling, really impactful on a really great team. So I, so I like that. Um, I mean, the worst offseason move is just having to talk about Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets all summer long. That's the right. worst move. They got us held up. <laughs> but at least, we, hey, at least it's not about Kyrie much anymore. So I can I can be cool. Oh. I'll, I'll I'll take concessions with that. Uh, and then most unexpected, honestly, most unexpected that I, I would have thought that they were going to get Donovan Mitchell out of there before yeah. Rudy Gobert bounced. Oh, wow. Uh, that just because I feel like Donovan Donovan Mitchell is is a big question mark to me right now. And um, clearly there's some like, by the way, what you know, what happened to tampering? If you if we get if we get on this podcast again, Chris, let's. I'll, I'll try to do some research because I, th- I have a feeling that there's a rule somewhere in the NBA about that, but I don't see anything about anybody. I, I actually talked about that a f- uh, probably three or so episodes ago. Um, oh, man, I, I had a tap and I must have missed yeah. that. One. Uh, I, think, I think it was the episode where I forget who I had on. I had somebody on with me. Might have been my boy Sava. Uh, he does a, um, he has a YouTube show called Courtside. But, um, yeah, I mean, tampering, apparently it doesn't exist anymore, Only I guess only in the NBA's mind. Because everyone does it. Everyone engages in tampering. Yeah, in public. In public. I mean, technically, we're tampering right now. Just talking about it. I'm, I'm thinking, right? I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know when it applies and when it doesn't. So yeah. Well, well maybe it'll maybe it'll rear its ugly head here pretty soon because I, I you know, they, I'm, I'm sure it's not outside of the mind of uh, Adam Silver. Oh, definitely like, not. Anyway, uh, real quick before I go, man, I just want to say thanks for having me on, dog. Oh, I appreciate bro. you, man. I love your podcast. I appreciate I you. All the time. I read all your stuff. You already know, man. I'm locked in. I appreciate you, my guy. Yeah, and we, we talked about it a little while back, having you on. So we got you on. You know we're going to have you on again. So, right. again, Spence, tell them real quick. We got a couple minutes here. Um, Tell them where to find you on social media and, and where you at. Yeah, follow the Wake Up and Win podcast, Devon Pouncey. I'm, I'm, I'm there every episode. I'm always holding it down. All, everywhere you get your podcast, you can find it. You can follow me on Instagram at play for par, or you can find me on Twitter. Uh, just look split Van Gundy and I'm there. And then tap uh, <laughs> in with me, man. And I'll talk hoops, dog. There we go. He's a, I told you hoop aficionado right there. My man Spencer. All right. That's going to do it for episode 57. As always, this has been the courtside crossover with Chris Partee. Check us out on the full press coverage app, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple podcasts, anywhere else you find podcasts. 
Catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Partee. That's C-R-I-S-S-P-A-R-T-E-E. We'll catch you next week. Peace.